0: Hi guys, welcome back to Psyched Commas on Psychology, Relationships and Personal Growth. I'm Nicole. And I'm Laura. And today we're going to be talking about anxiety. So I think this is probably a topic that's Relevant today for sure, Um, not even just based on the current world events, but um, anxiety has definitely become more prevalent in our society just overall. I think a lot with younger people for sure too. So I think this will be a pretty helpful topic to talk about. So, we're first going to talk about some of the misconceptions there are around anxiety. And the first one is that anxiety is a sign of weakness.
1: Yeah, that's a that's a big one. I think people who don't experience anxiety see someone who has anxiety uh like they're weak. Mm-hmm. And I think that's you know, so a lot of times they'll just say, you know, we'll just stop thinking about it or <laughs> d- just um you know, don't get anxious or <laughs> that kind of thing. And obviously, I you know, if the person with anxiety could do that wouldn't they be doing that right yeah so, well, it's I think it's, it of,
0: is hard to understand i think from someone who doesn't have it because right. it is like it's you're it's almost like the person who has it is dealing with the same sort of situations that the person who doesn't have it is dealing with and they're like well it's like especially like i guess if you want to take like school for example like it's like well I'm doing the same classes as them. And I'm in the same activities as them. Like what's going on? Like, why are they having such a hard time with it compared to right. me?
1: I, one of my favorite comments would be uh, just relax. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, so I think that's, you know, a person that will say that obviously does not have any clue about what anxiety truly is. Exactly. Yeah, and that could be very frustrating for the person who's experiencing it and make them feel like they're, you know, something's really wrong with them. You know, why are they why can't they control this?
0: Right, exactly. And then another misconception is removing stress and the stressful situations and experiences that are surrounding you will remove the anxiety that you have.
1: <laughs> well, it can help, but mm-hmm. if truly you're experiencing anxiety, then that's, you know, it's going to come uh, oftentimes more from an internal place. You know, it's, right. it's it doesn't even matter
0: the... what situation you're in, you're going to experience it.
1: Right, right. So, so, I mean, it is a good idea to see where you can remove stress in your life. Like uh, oftentimes they'll say, you know, don't drink coffee because mm-hmm. that's a stimulant and that right. will cause you to become more anxious, but, but it's still not going to remove it, you know, totally.
0: Right. And you could change like, you could change your job. You can change like who you spend your time with and all these big things that affect how we feel in our daily lives. And that still wouldn't remove the anxiety unless you go right. internally and fix what's not, I don't want to say fix what's wrong, but, um, you know, work on internally how, why you're feeling these feelings.
1: Yeah. And I, again, like if you think, um, you know, your job is really affecting you. And that could be, you know, if you've Mm -hmm. been working and now you're in a new job, maybe, and there's somebody who's creating that for you, um, then it is related to that. But if, but it's may not be, you know, if you're trying to restructure everything in your life because you're experiencing anxiety in all these places, well, pretty much what you're doing is kind of cutting off the world, uh, cutting yourself off from the world. Mm -hmm. So Um, so we do want to look internally, you know, how do we, how do we start dealing with this, um, you know, improving the way we're responding to the world, the outside world. Yeah. Yeah. So that you
0: can still experience things and you don't have to prevent yourself from doing things because of that.
1: Right. Right.
0: Okay. So now we're going to talk a little bit more about what anxiety exactly is and some of the symptoms that we can experience when we have anxiety. So. Anxiety is actually uh, the umbrella definition for a lot of different subtypes in this uh, category. So there is mm-hmm. generalized anxiety, there's panic disorder, there's OCD, PTSD, social anxiety, and different phobias.
1: Right. And if you look at the, the DSM, uh, is a uh, book for psychiatrists. Um, that determine the Diagnose. different disorder, the diagnosis, the different disorders. And there's a huge category called anxiety disorders. And these all fall under that umbrella. Right. And um,
0: um, so. we're going to talk about these at a later date, because um, today we're just going to focus on general anxiety, but we'll touch on the different subtypes in a later episode.
1: Yeah. And I think general generalized anxiety disorder is very pre- prevalent, along with a lot of people experience like panic disorder, mm-hmm. which we can detail a little bit later. Further, later, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, because, yeah, and yeah, like you just mentioned that uh, basically, nearly a third of adults will have to deal with anxiety at one point in their life, and it is the most common mental illness. So this isn't just like few people here and there have it, like you definitely have know someone who has it, or you are this person who has had experienced it before, or will experience it at some point in your life
1: yeah in fact, a lot of times uh, I know there's a statistic of the number of emergency <laughs> visits that uh, happen to be from uh, some kind of a anxiety or panic panic attack and so definitely it affects you know our medical system, uh, people running in thinking they might be having a heart attack um, but it's very so it is pretty prevalent
0: right yeah, and I think um to, we're going to go now over about like come some of the symptoms and the feelings that you're going to have when you have anxiety but I think the important thing to note when talking about this is that these feelings are not just things that like you experience here and there and like oh like oh I feel nervous like does that mean I have anxiety like no it's If these are very pervasive and these are something that are affecting your daily life and how you're living your daily life, that's when it is actually the disorder. So you can have these feelings of anxiety and nervousness and worry, but it's when they really are an everyday thing, they're consistently there and you are, your life is affected uh, extremely by this. That's when it really is the disorder and when it becomes a problem.
1: Right, right. Yeah, so like for example, you know, if you're worried about a test or you're, you know, anxious about a test coming up, you know, a little bit of kind of anxiousness about it is appropriate. It helps you be more alert and, you know, gets you to really focus on the task at hand that, okay, I really got to bring my all to this game. But if it's to the point where now you can't even, you know, your mind goes blank and you, you know, or you worry about it so much before that you can't study Then now it's starting to affect how you are, inter- you know, your life in a more, uh, a deeper way. It's preventing right. you from being able to um, get an education or, you know, do well in your life. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So,
0: Yeah. And so some of these feelings that, you're, that accompany anxiety are worriness, nervousness, dreading a situation. You are probably going to feel restless and irritable, and you're going to have a lot more difficulty regulating your emotions. Um, mm-hmm. You're going to most likely jump to the worst case scenario right away instead of yeah. looking on the more positive, optimistic side you're most likely going to catastrophize things as well.
1: Which that would be the thinking the worst case scenario, you're going down the path of the ultimate worst possible thing that could happen.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And I think the key thing here too is that, and I think you made it kind of clear in that example that you gave, but the feelings of anxiety that you're feeling, the reason that it's the disorder and that it's a problem is because what you're feeling is very out of proportion to what the actual situation calls for. So like if you're taking a test, like, yeah, it's normal to have a little bit of nervousness. Like maybe you didn't study enough or something like that. But if it completely takes over and make you feel like you're like going to completely fail out of school and you never can have a job. And then you just like build on that, build on that. And like, that's the only thing you could think of. And yeah, you blank out on the test. That's obviously completely out of just disproportionate to the actual situation. Like you're not going to fail out of school if you fail one test, you know? So, right, right. And you're probably that's, more prepared than you, you know, it's like you have probably studied a decent amount and you're still having these like horrible feelings of like, oh, right. it's nothing's going to work out and I'm going to fail everything in life kind of.
1: Yeah. And 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 when you're stating it like that, that's an example of black and white thinking. And that's part of it too. Like if this one thing goes wrong, then everything else is going to go wrong. So it's sort of like, it's either this or that there's no gray. So there's no gray thinking, Oh, if I don't pass this test, well, I'll just have to work harder on the next test and I'll be fine right. versus, Oh, if I don't pass this test, my whole life is ruined exactly. kind of thing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's a good point too. I didn't think of it like that. So yeah, that makes a lot of sense though. Like if you can't really see alternatives
1: mm-hmm. to the mm-hmm.
0: situation, Um, do you want to touch on some physical
1: yeah so physical symptoms you know a good example of that is going to the (laughs) er because thinking you're going to have a heart attack uh so you know heart palpitations you know sometimes that's and and that's specifically a lot of times with panic attacks their Mm -hmm. heart's beating fast uh they could you can feel very fatigued um you know trembling A lot of people have difficulty sleeping. They either can't go to sleep or they wake up in in the, you know, very restless sleep. Uh, And it's sometimes very psychosomatic um, examples would be, you know, having stomach aches or headaches, um, you know, back aches, all those kinds of things sometimes really are stemming from anxiety.
0: Yeah, right. And I think when you're anxious, you probably have a lot more like you like tighten up more so yes. it like makes sense that your body is actually affected quite you're not even a lot.
1: recognizing that you're tensing mm-hmm. tensing certain muscle groups. And so, you know, be it your shoulders, uh your neck, which can contribute to into your <clears throat> you know, headaches. Mm-hmm. Uh stomach is, you know, the the flies uh, in your stomach. Right, yeah. right. So and yeah, so do
0: you think does everyone though who experiences anxiety have these physical symptoms or not necessarily?
1: Well, they might have one more than the other. Not everybody would have like the psychosomatics things mm-hmm. like the back problems or the or stomach or but more than likely um they they could at periods of time some have it more more in the psychosomatic range versus the actual trembling and that kind of thing they experience more like you know they're just feeling nauseous or they're you know okay. having these migraines that kind of thing
0: yeah that makes sense um, i think another thing that is really a key to this disorder too is that it's often accompanied with depression and mm-hmm. um I don't know do you want to explain a little bit more about why that is because i actually don't know if i i think you could probably explain well why the two go together
1: yeah i think because you know with anxiety it truly if, if you have it severe it truly starts limiting your choices in the world you know you're not making choices that are according to what you really want to do you're making choices based on protecting yourself so you're cutting yourself off from things that are really important to you so if you let's say you have a you know this would be more of a a specific phobia but if you have a phobia of flying Mm -hmm. you know that you but and maybe you've got relatives far away and you never go because you fear the flying and you can't Mm -hmm. drive because it's too far Um, you know now you're limiting yourself to experiencing that joy of being with people that you care about or doing activities, you know, if you're, if you're worried about going out to, you know, do something fun, like going maybe to a carnival or something, but you can't, you're worried about, you know, maybe something will happen there. Mm -hmm. Now you're saying, no, I'm not going to do that. So it's limiting. And I think that can bring on depression. It starts limiting your choices of the things of how you can control your life. Yeah. So it, you're not as in control and that can feel very oppressive and, and depressing. And so yeah. bring you to a state of depression.
0: That makes sense. Um do you think then that what would you say that anxiety typically then comes first before depression or are they or does it not matter? It can go both ways?
1: Um I think it can go both ways. I think Depression, like some people can have depression, not necessarily anxiety. Mm -hmm. I think if you have anxiety, you probably at some point may experience depression.
0: Yeah, I mean, that makes sense, yeah. Because if you're always feeling so worried, I can't imagine you feel very happy about that.
1: (laughs) Right. Yeah. Right. So, But some people just are depressed, and I think... That doesn't necessarily mean, but, you know, not to say that it can't, but I would say that depression can sometimes exist without, without that anxiety. Yeah. yeah,
0: that makes sense. And um, I think the last thing to touch on and about like kind of what anxiety is, and I think we did talk about it briefly, but um, it does, the way it, we respond to things in life now comes from this more fear-based place. Right. Instead of a place of truly what we want to do and what we ourselves really want, we, we don't follow that anymore. We do right. things based out of fear.
1: Right, right. And so when we make choices out of fear, we're moving away from, I'm going to use the term authentic self. So mm-hmm. there's things that are really important to us, you know, and I think it's good to know what those are. But if but anxiety often causes us to not make those decisions that are really important to us because it is out of our comfort zone, and so now we 're not really living that life that we wish we could live right. uh, and and that then yeah so we 're basing we 're living our life from fear instead of this openness and welcoming life and taking these chances and experiencing it to its fullest we're limiting you know we're we're limiting our experience in the world
0: yeah yeah exactly um so now that we've touched on what it is where does anxiety come from and why do we have these experiences so i think um from an evolutionary standpoint it originated because when we were living among like in a more Primitive time, we had to be a lot more aware and nervous and uh, scared about our surroundings because you know there were animals out there and things that could be <laughs> harming us and hurting us a lot more than they are now
1: yeah, we were really focused on survival, yes and so it is it was a more fear based <laughs> uh, way life. of living <laughs> yeah I mean we, we worried about whether we would get food we worried about whether we would get attacked, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, possibly weather issues, you know, we're out in the, we don't have, you know, shelter or whatever, or the most convenient shelter. Much more
0: susceptible to the world outside.
1: Right. Right. So there, so it definitely has a place in it. And basically the fear, uh, comes from the lower part of the brain, um, the more animal animalistic part of the brain. Uh, and so it's more, a very like involuntary way of responding. So Mm -hmm. it it immediately uh, puts yourself into the fight or flight mode to protect yourself. And that's, that's, it's really in a sense, not so much in our control because of that. You know, we see a lion immediately, our body goes into that fight or flight and it's like so quick, you know, the brain sees it, but yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And so, so it definitely has a purpose.
0: Right. Obviously now we wish it wasn't (laughs) as needed or it's like, I feel like our brain just hasn't really caught up yet with lifestyle of today.
1: Right. Right. Well, what's happening now because we have all those other things addressed is we're responding to life stresses that we put on ourselves based on our thoughts, Mm -hmm. you know, more of our thoughts. And um, so it's either about our past Experiences yeah. that we've, you know, we've experienced maybe some kind of anxiety and our worry about future possibilities. Mm-hmm. And so it's coming from our thoughts rather than the actual things that are happening in the moment.
0: I see. And, yeah.
1: and that, that's really what anxiety is.
0: Right, right. Um, so another thing, though, that people probably would like to know is does it come from genetics or is it environmentally brought on? And I think, based on studies, that there really is no conclusive um, answer on that. Because it does come from a combination of both.
1: Exactly. So, you know, we all might have the gene to, you know, have anxiety or develop an anxiety disorder. Mm -hmm. Not all of us, but some of us are born with that. Uh, Whether that actually gets activated. D- is determined by our environment. Yeah. And so, you know, so it really is a combination of both um, right. that can, that can start it um, depending on our experiences growing up and whether we actually have that as part of our genetic makeup.
0: So what kind of experiences and so since we obviously can't do anything about the genetic side, like that's just something we have to deal with. But from the experience side, what type of experiences do you experience, do you have when you're a child that causes this to happen?
1: So, yeah, anything that's traumatic, uh, you know, it it could be some kind of outside factor that was traumatic, you know, like maybe going through, let's say a tornado, you know, Mm -hmm. something like that. Uh, But it could be, uh, you know, how we were treated. Mm -hmm. Um, And by the way, I want to just clarify with the, you know, we can't we can't change the fact whether we actually have the gene. We can change the fact whether we turn it on or off.
0: Right. Right.
1: So we do have some power there. So just to you know yes. and, and that's the same with all our genes, you know, when we're maybe we have a gene for cancer, but it depends on then whether it's triggered based on what we do. It either factors. turns on or off. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So if your parents Are also anxious though is that something that you can learn from them so whether or not they mistreat you or not like let's say they are good parents and you know maybe you haven't had trauma in your life but if your parents have anxiety can you end up just getting it as well and end up developing anxiety because you see your parents acting that way
1: yes Yes, so because we are, you know, we look to them. They're our, they're our role models. So mm-hmm. we learn from them how to interact with the world and how to deal with particular things that happen in our lives. So, yeah, if one of our parents is, um, has anxiety, then we, if, particularly if we have that gene, we very potentially, very easily could um, develop anxiety as well.
0: Yeah, and there is no, like... Um one more likely than the other. So like you're not more likely to get it because of a trauma versus genetics versus like learned from your parents.
1: Yeah. I don't know if there's one that's more stronger, stronger than the others. Okay. I, I think that's sort of, that really is so very individualized.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> and it's such yeah. a combination of so many different factors that it's all very personal experience
1: right right it's that it's our interpretation too Mm -hmm. like we you know we all take in the world from a in a different way so it really is based on our own interpretation of how what you know when they say you know like if people see an accident Mm -hmm. we all take it in and they ask for witnesses everyone (laughs) has seen a different part so we're all seeing things from a different way so it really depends on that person how what do they take it in What's the experience for them? So they can interpret it as anxiety producing or not really. Yeah, that (laughs) makes sense. Um, All right.
0: So now that we kind of know a lot about where it comes from, what it is, how can we fix it? How can we improve our anxiety if we have it?
1: Yeah. So how to improve it? Um, You know, anxiety does, um, it is, uh, therapy is very effective for anxiety, um, particularly, uh, one of the most effective treatments is CBT. And I actually use a lot of, um, therapy called ACT, which, which is acceptance and commitment therapy. It's a branch off of CBT. And, and CBT incorpor- is cognitive,
0: cognitive behavioral, behavioral therapy.
1: therapy. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So it's really working with your thoughts, your feelings and your emotion and your, um, your reaction to those thoughts, your your thoughts, your behavior, yeah, your reactions and your feelings uh, and working with changing those thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, acceptance and commitment ther- therapy are, is more, has a mindfulness approach and is really talking about not so much about the thoughts that come into your mind because we don't have that control of whether they come, but learning how to just be with those thoughts and see them as Thoughts and not reality, because we're tend, our body's responding to our thoughts as if these things are happening now. So, if you're th- predicting like down the down the road that you're going to be homeless, your body's responding as if you're homeless right now. Mm-hmm. So, but when you change your approach to those thoughts, and you recognize, okay, that was just a thought. Right now, here I am. I'm you know, I have shelter, I have food, I have, you know, now you're starting to distinguish and separate yourself from the thoughts and seeing them for what they really are, which is a thought. Not a fact. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, that makes sense.
0: It seems like for sure, like kind of what we talk about almost on every episode is that it's really about that awareness first. So being aware that you're, you're having these thoughts that are causing you this anxiety, so once you realize that these thoughts, like you said, aren't just thoughts, that's where we can kind of maybe separate um, ourselves from that anxiety more so and separate ourselves from the real real the situation
1: right It's a lot about facing the anxiety too, um, so not letting it take over and causing you to make a decision because you're fearful of something. So actually going and doing whatever it is despite the fear. Uh But of course, you're not going to like 100% overhaul yourself and go into some big thing that creates all this anxiety. It's really taking small steps. So if you're fearful about some, you know, let's say you're fearful about public speaking. So maybe you focus on talking in front of a mirror first, you know, mm-hmm. you uh, you record your voice, you, you know, you take tiny steps that start making you feel more comfortable, perf- talk in front of a close family member or friend, that kind of thing. So you slowly build up. You don't just jump in and say, okay, I'm going to ignore all my fears because obviously that's not going to work. Most people probably wouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. But if you're trying to overcome something like that, you take very small steps, incremental yeah. steps.
0: So how important then is it to fix or work on the main cause of what caused your anxiety versus more like the symptoms and those thoughts around it. So, cause like we said, usually anxiety is caused by something in your childhood, maybe a trauma. So do you focus still more on those thoughts and emotions that are happening right now? Or do you touch on what caused that initial anxiety for you to have anxiety in the first place?
1: Yeah. So if, again, if anxiety, you know, it becomes a problem when it's really interfering in. In your life and causing you to, you know, not live a fulfilled life. So really, the the starting point is to work on the symptoms and find different ways to deal with the um, the feelings and the thoughts. Uh, So that's where you know that acceptance and commitment therapy or cognitive behavioral therapy would um, be appropriate. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, though, too, there's there usually with any kind of disorder there's an underlying um cause right and that usually does stem from our childhood. and so we have certain ways of viewing the world because of our childhood and the more so that would be in addition slash maybe after or along with um where we start focusing on what are our kind of our core beliefs Mm -hmm. and that can really tell us like why we're having these thoughts you know when we have those when we really discover those a lot of times we realize oh well that was from way back then that's not accurate that's not what it is for me now so that really to start understanding that can change then how we approach the world and really be effective in helping us you know, learn how to be more free from anxiety.
0: Yeah. That makes sense that you would work on it in tangent kind of with the present thoughts and emotions. Right. Because obviously you want to fix those thoughts and emotions, but you also do want to uncover the why behind them. And I think it makes sense that you kind of have to focus on them together.
1: Right. I think sometimes you know people take well i know a lot of people take medication for anxiety Mm -hmm. um certainly if it's so debilitating that you can't function again uh, i think medication always has its place right um i do think however that when you take medication it is important to do to do some counseling along with that because the medication is a band-aid Mm-hmm. It's getting you through. Um, it's getting you through the moment, but it's not really addressing the cause. And well, I it's think
0: covering up the symptoms of it right. without fixing, right. doing the work to improve it. Right. There's
1: no mental change in your brain to kind of teach you different ways of how to approach anxiety You're and how to deal see with it. it. To, Right, right, Mm -hmm. because really you're trying to change habits of how you deal with things. Right. Uh, So if you don't have that part, you know, you're going to have these, your brain's going to function the same way and you're not going to address those issues. It's just you're going to calm down because of the medication. Right, Um, that makes sense. So that's kind of my thought with medication. Um, Obviously, some people need it, and that's totally, totally fine if that's really... But you want to try
0: therapy first. You want to give it your effort and really work on it probably first,
1: before just
0: jumping right into taking medication.
1: You know, if someone's really suffering, I -hmm. think taking it first can be a good step, and then going because sometimes the anxiety is so high that trying. You know, when I talked about take doing things in small steps to. Overcome people. Some people aren't even able to do that, yeah. and so medication might be the way to help them start doing that. So okay. it really depends on the me- the, the level. A lot of times, but you know, if if you can start without it, you know, a lot of times people come and they say they have anxiety. You know, for my practice um you know we try different things and help them start seeing things differently and sometimes it's still it's still a big factor and so at that point suggesting you know if maybe it's something to look into see what options are out there see your doctor see a you know look maybe to a psychiatrist um and see what see how that works and then see how the things that we're talking you know that i'm talking about in terms of technique techniques and how to Um, improve if that makes it easier.
0: Right. Right. And
1: possibly lead you then eventually to go off the medication, going off the medication. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So that
0: makes sense. All Um, right. Well, I think we've covered everything for today. I don't know if you have anything else to add.
1: um, I think, I think that's it.
0: All right. Well, thanks so much for listening guys. Um, if you could rate review and subscribe to the podcast, that would be awesome. And, um, also you can follow us on Instagram We're at psyched combos and we're on Facebook at psyched combos. And you can also email us at any time with any questions or feedback that you guys have. Um, you can email us at psyched combos at gmail.com. Otherwise we'll talk to you next week.